strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Then zone for Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! You know, before anyone was watching football on Thursday nights, we were talking football on Thursday nights. The original is the Big Red Rage. Ron Wolfley, our Big Apple edition of the Big Red Rage. And just to prove that no one has a clue as to what's next in 2020, do you see where they've spotted whales swimming around the Statue of Liberty? Whale watching is going on around the Statue of Liberty for the first time in many a year. <laughs> Why do you think that is, Paulie? <laughs> Why do you think that is, man? Well, I mean, you got to be kidding me. Look, everybody, there's a whale. Go out there and check out the humpback whales around the Statue of Liberty. Never thought you'd go out on a whale-watching excursion right right off there. Exactly. Uh, You know, you can board in the Hudson and then just cruise around. And, I mean, Wolf, think about it. The Cardinals were 5-2. and Now they're 6-6. and The Giants were 0-5. Now they're 5-7, and trying to become the first 1-7 team ever to make the playoffs. Wow. Think about the NFC least, or is it, because of what just happened this last weekend where Washington did what? They handed the Steelers their very first loss? You had the Giants going into Seattle and holding the, and giving the Seahawks their first home loss of the season and confusing Russell Wilson? I, I defy anyone to predict what's next in 2020. You know, honestly, Paulie, right now you talk about the suddenly competitive NFC East, right? And you start with those defenses for the most part. The Washington football team has got a scrappy defense, and so do the New York Giants. Five and seven right now, the Giants, of course, atop the NFC East via tiebreaker. And then the Washington football team at five and seven as well. Both those guys, very, very scrappy defenses. I'd also throw in the Eagles. That defense is much better than their record. And, of course, the Cardinals still have the Eagles on the schedule. Now it'll be Jalen Hurts at quarterback. At least it is this week. So, yeah, everything keeps evolving. Did you catch what? Cliff Kingsbury told us yesterday when we were filming his weekly TV show, Game Plan, and when we asked him the mood, the pulse of the team this week, he used one word, angry. Angry. He he sensed an angry, I was calling it the angry birds, angry birds out there on the practice field this week. You know what? I like that because if you're going against this Giants team, from all accounts, just listening to the analysts, they're going to play hard. They're definitely not the most talented team, but you're going to know you're in a football game against this Joe Judge team. Paul, I'm glad you said that because that is the honest-to-goodness truth right now. They line up and they try to hammer the ball. They run the ball very physically. They try to run the ball. They care about running the ball. And, of course, their defense right now, number four. Number four, Paul, in terms of – Rushing yards per game allowed and rushing yards per play allowed. They hold 
the line of scrimmage and they ball out. So they ran for 190 yards in Seattle, and they're also stopping the run. Interesting how a turnaround starts with running the football and stopping the run. For everything that's going on through the air in 2020, and I know the future of football, it really does come down to the line of scrimmage and the ground game both ways, doesn't it? You know what's it? amazing about it, Paulie? Yeah, it's the game is changing. There's no doubt about that. But the principles of the game still remain like running the ball. It's always going to be in vogue. Well, Cliff Kingsbury is 2-0 at MetLife Stadium. Of course, the Giants last year, the Jets this year. What's the one constant in that game? I said to Darren Urban and Kyle Odegaard, the two fine writers for azcardinals.com, Wolf, I said the only question is who's writing the game rap and who's writing the feature story on Chase Edmonds? Because every time the Cardinals go into New York, Chase Edmonds ends up being the star. He is our guest tonight on the Big Red Rage, just getting rolling, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Trips left, shotgun snap, Murray quick throw to the left side, and it's caught at the goal line and into the end zone for the touchdown is DeAndre Hopkins. The Cardinals went for it on fourth and 12 at the Ram 40. They got it. Now they get into the end zone, and man, are they back in the game with four minutes to go in the third. DeAndre Hopkins, who lined up as the number three receiver, all he did is run the out. The ball was thrown on time. Touchdown. I kept a 15-play, 75-yard drive, took over six minutes. The moment he saw the touchdown, Cliff Kingsbury turned and then went and fired up his defense as the Cardinals had closed to within 17-14. They would also close to 24-21. But at that point in the game, the time of possession was 35-15, to basically. And the defense just gassed in that second half. Cardinals fall 38-28. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Chase Edmonds straight ahead, our very special guest. DeAndre Hopkins, by the way, Wolf, news of the day, D-Hop, DNP, did not practice for the second straight day. Yesterday, not injury-related, though. Today, it was listed as his neck slash back. So we're obviously all hoping he's going to be good to go on Sunday against the Giants. Yeah, typically he has that day where he takes off on Wednesday and then he comes back and he practices on Thursday. That is not the case here. I'm not too concerned about it, Polly, because when that guy goes out onto the field, he seems to be ready to play week in and week out. Whether he gets the opportunity to make plays, that's something altogether different. But for the most part, he balls out on Sunday. Already over 1,000 yards receiving through 12 games, 85 catches. We know earlier this year he became the fastest receiver in NFL history to 700 catches. And whose record did he break? Larry Fitzgerald. Fitz spoke to the media today. Wolf, did you catch any of that? Fitz talking about the aftermath coming off the COVID, the positive test Thanksgiving morning. Said the worst of it was that Saturday, Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend, lost nine pounds. Said he's doing well now, but he still, for the most part, can't taste or smell. So very real for Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, absolutely, Polly. And hopefully Larry Fitzgerald, somehow, some way, maybe he can get back out into the field. I, I don't know how that is going to happen, especially after you've lost nine pounds, Polly. I mean, now I'm sure a lot of it is water weight, but at the same time, Man, you're weak typically when you lose that much weight and then you try to come back. I don't know where his strength is going to be. You know, later though, he said he feels great. Yeah. So it sounds like he's tracking a play. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. Now, look, it was 
it was an extremely uh, you know real experience. He said today that he actually got his estate planning and his will all done again, got it revised to Whoa. update his estate and and his will. Think about that. And so okay, uh, Larry has a uh, you know, and then he also shared how he got two to four hundred text messages per day. <laughs> that is what that. I that's what I laughed at, Paul. And yeah. you know me, I could not even <laughs> I could not even survive in a situation like that. Honestly, I I, I would take the phone and just chuck it. Uh, I Paul, I can you imagine that three hundred text messages a day and responding to those i mean that is larry's got a lot of friends paul all right we'll get into larry a little bit later and maybe how he factors into this offense what he's going to do for this offense you know because look it's a different offense the last few games in fact here's kyler murray his diagnosis on why the cardinals have lost four out of five you know little mistakes here and there turnovers whether you know penalties stuff like that not playing complimentary football um, that gets you beat it's kind of just who we are right now. It's not, it's not finding a way. How much of it is the yeah. Cardinals? How much of it, in your opinion, Wolf, is it a matter of the defense making an adjustment? Yeah, I do, Polly. I believe it's all of it. It really is. It's all of this right now. I, I'd say look at the Rams game in particular and look at that first half. Remember the futility of the offense in that first half, Polly, and how that looked and how bad that was. Four straight three and outs. Uh, I mean, we haven't seen that all year long, and to see that happen in that game. Now, listen, the Rams, as we know, are a good defense. There's no doubt about that. But to see the kind of futility that we saw in that first half, and then in the second half, when you talk about complimentary football, please don't get me started on the tactical level. I never want to hear a player talk about, we need to play complimentary football right now on the field. Okay, I'm not talking about strategically. I'm not talking about a game that happened or a game that will happen where you're saying we didn't play complimentary football on the strategic level. I'm talking about being on the field and putting your mouth guard in, Paulie, and going out to ball out and saying, oh, now we got to play complimentary football. It should be complimentary football every play. Does that make sense, Paul? You as a player need to go out and ball out on every play. Now, when you're talking about the game after and you're talking about the game that might be coming up, yeah, go ahead, throw out the complimentary football because all you needed to do was look at the second half of this game to see what they're talking about in terms of complimentary football. Yeah, all of a sudden the offense picked it up and then the defense was non-existent. And and look, the offense— that happened twice, Paulie. Yes. Twice. They made it 17-14, a Rams lead, 17-14, and all of a sudden the defense went out onto the field, and the Rams went, what, 75 yards for a touchdown. Suddenly it was 24-14. So what happened? Well, they, they came out offensively. They ran five plays, couldn't fit, uh, pick up a fir- or picked up a first down, but could not move the ball anymore. Punted the ball, Paul. Down the field go the special teams unit. Bam! Ball comes out, Charles Washington. What a great job he did stripping that ball. Ball comes out, recover the ball, and now all of a sudden you score again. The offense scores. And now it's 24-21, and what happens? Defense allows them to go 76 yards, and that was the ball game, Paul. Think about it. In that first half, to your point, first downs were 19-4. to oh. It was beyond lopsided. But then in the second half, the Cardinals scored three touchdowns. You know how many touchdowns the Rams defense had allowed in the second half all season long? Just two. So 
you see it. We saw it over the first nine games. The Cardinals averaged 400-plus yards per game, but the last three games, 314, 298, and just 232 total yards. Brutal. So as Cliff Kingsbury said on Monday to start this week, quote, we've got to figure out some things this week. Hmm. What have they deduced to diagnose, perhaps? Maybe we'll get a little sense of that. Chase Edmonds next on the Big Red Rage, brought to you by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Chase Edmonds in the backfield with Murray. Third down and one of the 29, four receivers set. Shotgun snap, it's a run play, right side. Big hole Edmonds, 25-20, 10 touchdown. The inside zone being run and Chase Edmonds found the hole and to the house, baby. 29-yard touchdown run on third down and one for Chase Edmonds. All four of Chase Edmonds' touchdowns at MetLife, 20 yards or longer. We don't even have time for all those right now. It's only an hour show. we got to split them up. We'll hear the other three, Wolf, a little bit later, okay? That was earlier this season, week five, the 30-10 win at the Jets. And that was the game where the Cardinals had it going both in the air and on the ground. You think of that game and, like, Kyler's numbers, for example. At 380 yards passing, I remember Chase Edmonds after the game called it a, quote, sneaky 380 by Kyler Murray through the air. As uh, now they're getting ready to go back to New York, this time against the Giants. And we all know what he did last year against the Giants in New York. The Fordham guy who played his college ball just a little while away over in the Bronx. Chase Edmonds is our special guest on the Big Red Rage. Chase, how are we doing tonight? I'm good, Paul. Ron, I appreciate you guys having me. No, absolutely, Chase. How's the body, man? How are you holding up so far? Oh, man, I'm, I'm blessed and healthy right now, which is always a good thing. So, uh, you know, hopefully got a month of football left to go and Hopefully it can keep and stay that way. How about your mental health? How you been coping? Everything that the pandemic has brought, all the protocols, I mean, uh, all the audibles you guys have had to call on and off the field. How you been coping with all that? Right, man. It's a, it's a wild time, you know, what we're, what we're living in right now. But um, I'm just trying to just live in the moment, man, just take advantage of every opportunity that I can get. Uh, and they're obviously certainly unique opportunities. But, again, just take it a day at a time, man, and find a way to get through so much of the time, of course, everyone looks at a football player and they see the football player, but they forget about the person. They forget about the personal. So having said that, is your personal life and your family okay? Are they healthy through this pandemic, Chase? Yes, sir, Ron. I appreciate you asking. Uh, yeah, I've, I've had all family members so far be healthy, man, which is always a good thing. And, um, I mean, I've had a, uh, I actually had a first cousin who caught COVID, so I kind of, you know, heard of heard of where, you know, he had the, the bad COVID where he kind of affected him pretty badly for about three weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've heard that side of the story too, man. Just, just prayers for everybody and their family and their loved ones right now. You know, obviously yeah. the time that we're going. So knowing you're going back to New York and knowing what you've done in that stadium, is it a little bit different vibe this week? Can you feel it? Is the buzz building for you? <laughs> I mean, uh, on a personal level, I just try to you know continue to build on good momentum. And, um, you know, my last two games at, at, at New York and MetLife have been a good games. So hopefully I can just continue to build on it, man. I'm not really trying to make it anything. It's not, you know, it's make something out of it. We're just really trying to focus on right now winning a football game. So when I say to you, Chase, year three in the National Football League, how's it going, buddy? I'm sorry, say that one more time, Ron. Uh, when, when I say year three in the National Football League, how's yes, it going? How's it going for you? Uh. On a personal level, man, I'm, I'm playing really good football, I feel like, right now. And I'm doing everything the coaches are asking me to do, trying to just continue to find ways to expand my role. I think what I want to find a way to do is just um, 
try to make, you know, like a big explosive player game. You know, I feel like that's really my role is. But right now I'm kind of like the spark plug and the little gadget user, whatever you want to call it. But right now I just try to focus on ways to help this football team, whether it's in the receiving game, rushing game, return game, and just find a way, man, again, to contribute to a win. You know, we're in the last month of the football season, a playoff race where every game is this playoff mentality, survive in advance. And then obviously the last month of football really for us hasn't gone the way we've uh, wanted or hoped it, it to go. But the good thing is that, you know, we still can control our own destiny. So and the only way we can do that, though, is taking it a week at a time, man, day at a time, practice at a time. It's all about you, Chase Edmonds, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. Every time Cliff Kingsbury is asked about you, he always pauses and say, you know what, we got to get him more touches. If that's <laughs> the case, you're ready, aren't you? I mean, you're ready for that sort of workload, aren't you? Yeah, man, you know, I mean, uh, I have goals and aspirations, and I just feel like um, right now I'm playing really good football. Hopefully I can find a way to find the, you know, touch the ball. But, again, we have a lot of playmakers, man, and um, a lot of guys on the team that deserve to touch the ball. So I don't take it with, with anything. I'm just trying to win. And um, right now that's that's everyone's number one goal is to win. You know, we got together, the boys, and just however we play our best football, we need to get back to that. And if it has – Certain individuals have to sacrifice certain roles or, you know, less plays. We're, we're not we're not for that, man. We're all about the team, and we're all about stacking Ws. You know, Chase, obviously over the last three games, you guys have struggled offensively. There's no doubt about that. You were the number one offense in the National Football League, and now you're number six. So the the fall has been a little precipitous here over the last three weeks. Has the NFL caught on to this offense, and what can you do to change it? Um, I don't want to say the NFL is called on. I mean, or if you, you're looking from that viewpoint, you can. But that's really wrong. You know, what people don't understand is that's what's so unique about the NFL. Um, you know, guys and coaches are just too smart. Players are too good. You know, guys are too ambitious to watch their film. You kind of see what happened with Baltimore last year, how their offense was so dominant. And maybe they're not as efficient as they would have hoped for this year right now. You know, mm-hmm. in the NFL, you obviously get more film out there. You find ways to stop it. I think one thing that we just have to do is, collectively as an offensive unit is find out, okay, what have teams done for us and where it's it slowed us down and we haven't had the game where it's up to our standard and just find unique ways to, to obviously overcome that, man. And um, we're working on that day by day and just trying to uh, get at it brick by brick. But, uh, again, it starts on Sunday, man. It really starts just Monday through Saturday in our preparation. Kyla Murray, after the game, uh, asked about the 1-4 and four stretch here after the 5-2 and two start. Here's Kyler. I think uh, we kind of hit a wall offensively. That first half of the season, we were it was kind of effortless. Uh, we were you know we were moving the ball, you know having fun, playing fast and stuff like that. And now we just kind of when you face a little bit of adversity, uh, how we react, how we adjust, um, which we ended up doing, but it was just a little too late. We've been in those games, and I think it's just uh, we just got to find a way to execute. You know when we have to, we haven't done that. I'm not going to ask you what you're going to do. I'm not asking you to give away the game plan. What have defenses done, though? How have defenses adjusted, especially in the past month or so? Yeah, so right now I think with defenses, their number one goal um, coming in when they play us, I think right now is just to stop the run and really take take K1's legs out of it. Because, uh, you know, you see it when K1's getting going with, with his rushing yards in a little bit, he's really a rushing threat. I mean, it just adds a whole other element to our offense, for one. That's That's really what I think. So... I mean, again, kudos to those defenses. Like, uh, L.A. did a good job of it. New England certainly did a good job of just really trying to neutralize Kyler's legs. So uh, we got to find a way, man, to, to keep him involved, keep him upright, too. I think teams that really generate some decent pressure on him and try to get him uncomfortable, they've kind of found certain success. And that, that goes with, with every offense. You get pressure on the quarterback, you know. 
it's going to go that way. So, again, we got to find ways, man, to keep them in rhythm, keep them comfortable, and just keep the drives moving. I think uh, when we're executing third down conversions, it's, it gives us an ability to really just get, get with our tempo and kind of apply pressure on defenses. You know, that's what I think you need to do as well, Chase. You need to run the ball so much better, and I think you need to run it better. This is just my opinion in a north-south fashion, right? When you're watching tape, are are you guys executing? Is the offensive line executing? Uh, are running backs missing reads? What, what's happening with you guys in terms of this rushing attack? Um, really, man, based off of the last couple of weeks, we're kind of just – we're not in sync. So we might have one play where we have nine guys execute a play – and then two guys kind of just uh, lose mm-hmm. their matchup or something like that. And mm-hmm. if that's kind of been the consistent basis on what's been going on, where it's just not all 11 guys executing at all one time. And that's really what makes successful plays. Um, obviously, football is a game of individual matchups. So we got to find a way where we're all holding ourselves accountable, man. Find a way to do your job. Worry about your individual assignment. And then it'll all collectively come together. We can get back and making this thing gel. Well, look, we've seen it. We've seen what this offense looks like when it's clicking. And the thing is, even Wolf, even when they were number one in the NFL in total offense, they still haven't played that game. Yeah, that you said right. was a complete game. Yep, that was really a, a breakout game. We're we're still waiting for that. And you know, Cliff Kingsbury was pretty forthright to start the week. You know, we got to figure some things out. I, I know I'm curious, Wolf, to see what it looks like. When the Cardinals break the huddle for the first time in New York, there might be a few changes out there, I would imagine. I really do believe, Paulie, it is all built and predicated around them running the ball. And I'm not talking about having to have Kyler Murray run the ball as well. Is that a good thing? There's no doubt about it. Pulling the ball down in a scramble and running the ball, even having called runs, I've got no problem with that. But when you're banking on it to make your offense go, that's when I'm worried a little bit about it because now you're Michael Vick. You want third down conversions? You want Larry. That's next on the Big Red Rage. Zips it over the middle. Caught by Larry Fitzgerald. It's another first down. Was able to power through some arm tackles out to the 23. Throwing left. And Fitz with the catch inside the 20 at the 18. Stuck the ball out as he was getting hit. And he was able to get the first down. Caught over the middle by Fitz at the 40-yard line. And dumped there. Throwing right. It's caught by Fitz at the 25. Got the first down of the 20. Fires over the middle to Fitz. Caught at the 20. And down to the 15-yard line. That was a bullet. Out comes the ball. And that was a full-blown Dark. Caught by Larry Fitzgerald for a first down. Perfect throw and the right guy to throw it to. That montage right there, guys, is from 2020. Our Jim Omohundra went through this year. Think of how many first downs you hear there from the first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Think about when he went out two games ago. He was number two in catches for the Cardinals, number three in receiving yards, but a lot of those were critical conversions, Wolf. I you know, he, he went out, and it was just different. Last time he had missed a game, 2014, he missed two games. The last time before that, 2007, Larry in his 17th season, back on the practice field this week, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and running back Chase Edmonds here on the Big Red Rage. And Chase, simply put, how good was it to have number 11 back out there this week? Oh, man, uh, that's big bro for me. So it's obviously always good to have Larry out there and just have his leadership and really just his, his presence, man. Um Guys, speed off, you know, and it's just a good example for the younger guys on, again, always how to handle yourself. So it's been good to work him back in there. Chase, do you have a story personally, a story of you and Larry and how Larry has impacted your career? Is there any advice that he's given you? I mean, um, can you give us a story? Can you share one? That's funny you say that because uh, I was telling Larry about it. Um, 
just because, you know, again, me and, him have got, me and him have gotten so much, so close over my years being here. And I remember telling him just how he, he obviously understands his impact on people. But I remember uh, my story for really my Larry interaction is just uh, my rookie year. This is when Dave had first started his holdout, if you guys remember. Yes. He kind of, mm-hmm. he did report to uh, OTAs or whatever it was for like, you know, for like, it was like a week, maybe two weeks or something like that. So I was getting all the first team reps, and um, I, w- I was doing a pretty decent job, man. You know, I was I was a rookie at that time, so I was just, you know, staying quiet, just trying to figure out what I can do to help the team and just do my job as best as I could. And um, I remember, man, just Larry giving me a noogie, uh, just just a random <laughs> noogie. And this, like, I, haven't, I haven't said ten words to him yet, and uh, but I told him this is about a week ago when I told him just like he didn't understand what that did for me as a, as a player, wow. confidence, and just. Okay, Larry Fitzgerald acknowledged me. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. That, yes. that goes a long way, man. It made me feel like, okay, I'm doing something right. I remember the first thing I did was I got home and told my mom that he gave me a damn nookie. But, uh, <laughs> so it, 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 that went a long way for me, man. And when you have guys like that that certain guys look up to on the team, it goes a long way for a young player's confidence and just really, you know, their, their belief in themselves that they can play and be an impact player. That, Chase. So that's, uh, that totally yeah. resonates with me, man. It really does because honestly, with that noogie, what that meant for Larry too is this kid's gonna be here. <laughs> I right. mean, for Larry, yeah, you know, Larry I, knew. I remember being that guy when I was in college and I was the man. He used right, to be a freshman or something. Like that. You know, yeah. So I remember that. That's very cool, man. Thank you well, for that, dude. It's amazing how Wolf Street cred went up a few years ago when Larry tackled him during the red-white scrimmage out All of right, the sidelines. I mean, you can't believe, stop Chase, it. what that did for Wolf's Please. career behind the mic. Stop it. Yeah. Okay, so, no, Chase, don't comment on that. All right. <laughs> how about just the impact of Larry on on the offense right now? Not not you personally, yeah. um, but on I the think, offense. I think Larry's role, man, is crucial. I think uh, – well, I think what Larry does the best out of anybody on the team, really that I've seen is that Larry takes uh, little routes, man, and he finds a way to get north-south so fast. You know, mm-hmm. you can dump Larry off a, a four-yard route, and he's going to get you, you know, find a way to get you that eight to ten yards and get you a first down. I think we got to find a way to capitalize that and just and get him going early, you know, when he has touches. And God's treat off of when Fitz gets that first down for us. He comes up, he does that fist pump or whatever he's doing, and uh, that signature stuff, man, so – I just, you know, I, I love to see him. And we got to get him in the end zone, too. I told him we got to get big bro in the end zone. That's a good point. We call it BYOE, bring your own energy, especially when you're on the road and these stadiums are empty. And you know in that Jets game it was totally empty. You, you could hear sound echo all over MetLife Stadium, 80,000 seats empty. It's a totally different dynamic. So you have Larry as a first ballot Hall of Fame receiver. Uh, you have Larry as a team leader. And then Larry as offensive consultant. Because listen to what Fitz said today as he watched those games from his couch. When you're playing in the game, um, you're you're really concerned about what your job is and what you need to be doing and how you can be effective to help your team. And when you're actually taking a you know a step back, a bird's eye view, and I mean you see a lot more. And you know I've, I've discussed those things with my coaches and my and my teammates. You know back, it's not something I like want to discuss publicly, but you know you do see things that you normally wouldn't see when you're playing. And it actually, it was pretty helpful to be able to observe it from a distance. Interesting what he might have shared with Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, Chase, if you're trying to diagnose the offense and what's going on right now, maybe as a team, is it simple? Is it complex? I mean, how big an issue or a correction is this all told? Um, man, I'm going to say it's simple. I'm not going to sit here and say we have a super complex problem. Right now, man, we're just not executing and we're just not on the same page. Uh, and I don't think it's complex because we certainly have the talent, you know, and we just set ourselves a high standard. I mean, we were the number one offense in the NFL at one point 
for a reason. So obviously we have the talent and the guys that, and then the coaching staff to make it happen. It's just about, again, going out and making it happen. So guys got to find a way to do their job better, myself included. And guys got to look at themselves in the mirror. And again, like Larry said, just take a bird's eye view almost at some point and just really say, okay, what can I do to get better? And what can we do as an offense to get better? Chase, you know this is so important right now, but confidence is the currency of competition. I mean, it's what you use to buy and sell in competition. It's confidence, right? And I look at this team right now, and there you were at 5-2, and and now you're 6-6. and I I can't imagine that breeds a lot of confidence, Chase. Right, right. Um, And, Ron, you're completely right. I obviously everyone knows, even I know as a fan and just a football man, that the the best teams are the hottest teams. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Always. The best teams are always the hottest teams. If you got that confidence, like you said, it goes a long ways. Um obviously we're kinda cold right now, but again, well I think what the message is with this team is despite how bad our last month of football has been, we still can control our own destiny and it starts with this win at New York Giants. So we're kinda just trying to clean slate it all. Gary, we're basically in December of football, the most important month of football, and let's find a way to just, again, stack one win at a time. Would you say the team's angry? That's what Cliff Kingsbury told us yesterday. If there was one vibe he got out of practice, the team was angry. Yeah, definitely angry, man. We're obviously not playing to the, to the standard that we would hope to play. We know how good we can be uh, with, the, with some of the wins on our, on, our, on our board right now. So, you know, and I feel like we need to have more urgency as a team, too, just where, you know, it's, we're fighting for our lives right now. Every single game now is it's basically life or death in terms of, okay, are we playing for something or are we just going out here playing for pride? And uh, my first two seasons have been playing for pride, and I'm, I'm tired of having that feeling, so I want to be playing for something meaningful. Well, Wolf, we know what Chase Edmonds did the last time he went into MetLife Stadium against the New York Giants. It was NFL history in a lot of ways. We'll revisit that, and we'll talk about this revamped Giants defense, mm-hmm. this revamped Giants team when we come back. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. He's got a crease at the 15, the 10, the 5, touchdown. It's a draw play, Evans straight ahead, 20, 15. Breaks a tackle at the 10, into the end zone for a second touchdown. Hand off to the left side, Edmonds. He's got a run with the 20, the 10, the 5. He's in again. The hat trick. Third touchdown run. The first two went for 20 apiece. This one goes for 22 yards. Patrick Peterson had a towel, and he was waving the towel at Chase Edmonds as if to put out a fire. I remember calling it a three-alarm fire because of the three touchdowns. 126 yards rushing, 20 on 27 carries. Chase Edmonds, the sixth NFL player in the history of the game with at least three rushing touchdowns of 20 or more yards, 20, 20, and 22 yards. Wolf, you and Pash on the call a year ago at MetLife Stadium. Cardinals going back against the Giants. Chase Edmonds, our very special guest here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. And if memory serves, Chase, every one of those was between the tackles, and then boom, you found a hole, a seam, and you were gone. Yeah, it was a it was a great job by the line. Obviously, those are good memories and good times, and hopefully, we can find a way to make those same memories happen this Sunday. So, when you watch tape on the New York Giants and on this defense, what do you see, Chase? Oh man, tough tough defense. Uh, really good up front. Obviously, they got big. They got some big boys. Uh, they have a really good linebacker that I like. He's playing. He's playing his ass off. Uh, Blake Martinez. Yes, and they got a secondary, and one guy that sticks out of there is uh, Jabril Peppers, obviously. And um, really, man, I like 
just as a fan of football, I like what, what the Giants have done with the hire of Joe Judge. Joe Judge brought, you know, physical mentality, tough football team type of thing, and, you know, and obviously his team reflects it just in terms of even with their special teams, but they're not more of a finesse team. They're definitely more of a get down in your face and really want to beat you down. Um, you know, and they're obviously building on something good. You know, Russell Wilson got sacked five times. He got hit ten times. And, and from all accounts in that game, he was a little hesitant, especially for Russell Wilson. He, he wasn't all that decisive. Uh, do they dial up a lot of different stuff, especially in the secondary? Um, actually, surprisingly, they, they don't. You know, um, they're relatively uh, more, more on the simple side for NFL defense. They kind of stick to what they do, and they, they just work on, you know, doing it really well. They just got a really. They did a really good job. I mean, again, of just being out, out physical in a team, and they just did a good job of getting after Russell Wilson, which is very hard to do. But uh, you know, kudos to them. They did a really good job. I think they held him to what, like, what was it twelve points? Mm-hmm. Not, I forget how many. Yes. Yeah, maybe. Yep. Yes. Seventeen, twelve. Uh, yes. Yep. Twelve. Okay. Yeah. I mean, anytime you hold a Russell Wilson led offense to twelve, man, you, you, that's a hell of a job. So when I think of Patrick Graham, I think of man cover. I think of close the middle of the field with a safety. And I think of messing around on third and obvious pass situations where you're playing that blitz bell with six and then you're dropping off. As a matter of fact, I saw them put two spies on Russell Wilson. Not one, wow. but two. What, what are you seeing, though, specifically when you watch tape with Patrick Graham and the Giants? Man, um, what I see is uh, discipline. You know, it's, it's a disciplined football team. You know, you're not really going to have too many instances where guys are out of a gap or just, you know, blown coverages. And, um, and when it's all said and done, that's kind of what makes the defense really good. If you have guys that are just in position, in the right position, man, you, you can make a lot of plays and you really can limit a lot of explosive plays. You know, for those who don't know, Chase Edmonds started Fordham, played his college games in the Bronx, multiple-time All-American. Uh, to what degree – did you watch? You would play on Saturday, and then would you watch the Giants or and or Jets on a Sunday? Well, my uh, one of my college roommates, uh, he was he was a diehard Jets fan. So anytime the Jets were, on, we were watching that. Sadly, at that time, but, right. but uh, you know, man, it was uh, it was a good time. So I'm I'm very familiar with the Giants and then the Jets playing. Uh, those TVs are always on. So I'm just I'm just trying, Wolf. I'm just trying. I'm wondering, you know, for you, do do you get a little different vibe when you go back into the city and into the Big Apple and, and to play in that stadium? <laughs> how, how, you know, the numbers say, "Wow, look out!" Yeah, I mean, I get a little different buzz, but I don't even think it's from the previous games, man. It's just, uh, it, it like you know, I love New York City, man, and that that college part of me, um, it'll be a special part of my life, you know, always as I as I go on my days and. When I go back to there, man, I always know that I got a lot of more eyes looking at me just because so many family and friends got down that way. So uh, that's that's what it is for me. It's a little different bit of the buzz, but you know, I try to not to again make too much out of it. You know what, Chase? I, I I see you very very similar to a Marcus Golden. I see you as a guy that approaches every play, no matter what the game, no matter what the score, no matter what the quarter. Every play, you approach it the same. Is I mean, that's the way you play. That's I mean, to me, I've got so much respect for that, Chase. Is that a mindset? Is that something that you do purposely, or is it something you've got to generate? Man, it's just that's just how I was raised, man. You know, you play every single play like it's your last. Uh, and I want to be a pro's pro. I really want to be that guy down the road, man, where I'm, I'm 10 years in and guys can kind of just say and look at, he's done it right on and off the field, you know, kind of take after that guy and, and you'll be successful. One of those type of guys. You know, there's not everyone's built like that, Chase. I mean, 
You know that, right? You know that right. that that is a special quality that you have. These are some of the finest athletes in the world. They're some of the best football players in the world, but not everybody's built like that. Wow. Hey, Wolf, here's an example. Our Jim Omondra, before the show, we were talking, Chase. He remembers your quote, your rookie year, when you quoted Abraham Lincoln. Now, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> Do you remember the Abraham Lincoln quote about being prepared and and it had to do with chopping down a tree? Do you remember that? Oh, shout out to Joe Moorhead because he said that quote about every team meeting in my college career. <laughs> God, um, I think it was if you gave me six hours to chop a tree, I'd spend the first five sharpening the axe. I'm yes. Be, I'm not sure. Yes. <laughs> That's that it. was it. Yep. That's, I, I'm going to know that quote for the rest of my life. <laughs> Here, here's what else people might not know about Chase. Oh, he is a big NBA fan. Big-time NBA fan. Wow, I did and, not know that. You know, to, Tony Jefferson thinks, former Cardinals safety, Jeff thinks he's like a big Suns fan. But, you know, Chase knows his NBA. What do you think of Chris Paul and, and the moves they made in the offseason? I like the moves, man. I really do. I felt like uh, I felt like the Suns needed to make a move to really secure D-Book. You know, when you have a young superstar growing up like that, especially in the NBA, you know, we're going to call it status. Those guys can kind of dictate where they want to play at any given time. So uh, I think they did a good job of just getting an all-star guy in CP3, who really, when he first got to OKC, you know, everybody thought OKC was going to have the worst record in the NBA. And then you have CP, uh, CP3, I think they were the sixth seed or something like that. Mm-hmm. He worked his ways, man. So he's definitely going to uh, – the, the young guys, uh, Phoenix, are definitely going to benefit from him. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to just watching them play, you know, hopefully we'll get in the playoffs. How much basketball did you play, Chase? I mean, could you point it up? Is that? I mean, are you a point guard? Yeah, I played basketball my whole life, but again, I'm just a huge sports fan. But uh, especially with basketball, I don't know why. I just like, but obviously, I feel like it's kind of like all basketball players want to be football players, and all football players want to be basketball <laughs> players type of deal. You know how that goes. Yes. <laughs> so I wish I was six five and go dunk a damn ball every time I wanted, but. Uh, I like the sport a lot. <laughs> Chase, remember, if you need courtside seats, you have a son's minority owner oh, in your locker room. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> he already knows that. <laughs> hey, you know what, Chase? Honestly, I, I've wanted to ask you this for a long time, but do you talk to your teammates about the other team's offense? Like, do you walk around and talk to some of your defensive players in the locker room about the other team's offense and get, I don't know, a scouting report on them? Do you ever do that? Yeah, I'm always talking. I'm always picking mine, man. I'm trying to just become a more intelligent, and better football player. Um, one of the defensive guys I'm constantly talking to about other opposing offenses is Buda Baker, just because Buda's always in the yeah. film room. I'm, I'm trying to be always in the film room and just talk ball, man. Understand how a defense thinks. Understand how offense thinks. It makes both guys better. You strike me as being a coach when it's all said and done. Does that you appeal know, to I, you? I'm uh, I'm I'm very split now. I always wanted to be a coach. And then I think as I got into the NFL more, man, I see, you know, the truth be told, I see the hours that coaches put in. Yeah. And uh, me personally, I think coaches, you know, they don't get enough glory. You know, coaches, they're the first ones to get fired if, if something goes bad. Uh, I mean, they put in a lot of hours. Man. So I'm leaning more towards GM. I kind of want to go front office. Mm. I haven't really decided yet. I think, you know, I got to just grow up and get more experience to really decide what I want to be, but definitely coaching or, or GM. Dude, I love talking to you, man. Thank you so much, yeah. Chase, for your time tonight. I appreciate Thanks, you guys having me, for real. Hey, I tell you what, we're better off for having you. Yeah. We're more intelligent for having you here tonight on the man. Big Red Rage. There's no <laughs> doubt. Adrian Wilson, move over. You're going to have company, a former Cardinals <laughs> player in the front office. Back to wrap up yeah. this edition of the Big Red Rage. Two. 
Steps out the call. Fitzgerald in motion to the near side. Play fake. Warner rolling right. Throws right. Fitzgerald. Touchdown! Tenth catch already for Larry Fitzgerald today. And the first offensive touchdown for the Cardinals this year. They're within two of New York with 7.04 to play in the third. Dave Pash loves that clip. Because he sounds like he's 17 years old. He basically was 17 years old in that clip because that goes back to 2005. That is the very first Kurt Warner to Larry Fitzgerald touchdown connection. Think about that. Well, the first of 49 Kurt to Larry touchdown connections, including the postseason. So how about that? That's big time, Paulie. No doubt about it. Uh, and, and, and that was at the Giants 2005. Now, we know back in the day, you used to go in and, and take on the Giants every single year back when they were in the same division. And, you know, it's interesting, as a guy, Wolf, who went to four Pro Bowls as a special teams ace, you know, they've struggled. They had a punt blocked. Yeah. Seattle got a safety out of it. Cincinnati, a little while ago, had a kickoff return of 103 yards and a big-time punt return. I mean, it'd be great to get a couple of plays on special teams to just spark this team overall and it's so interesting bully because you know the special teams of course made a play last week charles washington boom ball out you know get on that thing and the offense scored a couple of plays later you know it's what special teams does it controls field position and of course momentum it brings momentum to a football game both positive and negative and paul this is a big game buddy i mean i know you know that you don't need to be told that this is a huge game in fact patrick peterson was talking about just that we always say the, the next game is big, but this is huge for us because, you know, now we're on a, what, a three-game losing streak, and we got to find a way to get out of that funk. You know, we, like I said, we got four games left for us to lay it all on the line. You know, this is going to really show how important the game is to the guys on this team. Think about it. The old saying, winning solves everything. And, and if the Cardinals win, it's real easy. They're back into the playoff picture. Yeah. They're back in the wild card because Tampa and Minnesota play each other. The question becomes, Wolf, when you say that the defensive coordinator in New York is a Belichick disciple, yeah. I mean, I you know, I get a little worried because those guys have had success against this Cardinals offense this year. Yeah, you should get a little bit worried right there because you're right. They have had success against this Cardinals offense. And again, uh, Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator for the Giants, he's going to be a head coach at some point in time, Paulie. This is a guy that was under Bill Belichick for seven years in four different capacities, whether it was as a defensive line coach, secondary coach, right, a defensive assistant, whatever it was. This guy knows Bill Belichick. Belichick. He knows everything about him, the system, of course, that he uses. And then he also worked with Matt Patricia, and he also worked with Brian Flores. Can you imagine the conversations these men have probably had about this offense, Paulie? Yeah. And the Giants have won four in a row. They're balling. And it's and, and you heard what Jay said. He said it repeatedly. They're an ultra-physical team. Yes, Paul. So to Pat P's final point there, you're going to find out how bad the guys want it. You're right. You will. Because this Giants team competes. Seven straight games they've rushed for more than 100 yards. They just put 190 rushing yards on Seattle. There it is, Paulie, right there. I mean, we don't want to make Seattle's defense out to be the greatest thing in the National Football League. It is not. We know just how bad they really are. But it doesn't account for the other six games the Giants have played and the way that they are running the ball right now. They're, they are a physical team. There's no doubt about it. They have a really good defense. They have their starting quarterback. I, I think Daniel Jones is going to play. Uh, I mean, Paul, I think he's going to play. He's going to be ready to go. And right now, let's face it, the momentum for the Giants is headed up. 
For the Cardinals right now, it's been trending in the other direction. Losing four or five, their quarterback has taken heat. Larry Fitzgerald is a question mark. I mean, honestly, Paulie, uh, these two teams are going to be fighting for their playoff lives on Sunday. You know, Daniel Jones, before he went out, he had played three straight games without a turnover. Yes. That's that's yes. miraculous for the young man. He was a turnover <laughs> machine his first season and a half in the league. Paulie, that is well said by you right there. It's a big deal. When you go back and you look over the last three games, man, he got it going. Now, only, only threw one touchdown, but he threw no picks over those three games and threw for over 700 yards as a matter of fact really started to clean his game up before he got hurt it's amazing don't turn the ball over have yeah. a defense yep. that's number three in takeaways with yep. 20 and then your defense has only allowed six offensive touchdowns during this four game win streak yeah it, it, it's your old saying you go on the road you take your special teams in your defense yep you, you try and bring an attitude hopefully if indeed the cardinals truly are angry as coach kingsbury let us know then boom yeah you'll get one of those old nfc east type games cardinals and giants special thanks cody fincher jim omohundro for ron wolfley and chase edmonds on paul calvici this has been the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert been listening to the big red rage presented by santan ford in gilbert are you santan ford state farm talk to an agent today at 800 state farm and by arizona cardinals podcasts visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts this has been an exclusive presentation of the arizona cardinals football club